with that time, yours. It's close enough to real football, and at the very least, it's a real podcast. Welcome to another edition of Times Ours. I'm Joshua Briscoe with Nate Taylor, who gets to stand in a very small box out at training camp, and uh, Seth Kaiser, who gets to review things on the very small box that is his computer screen. Uh, Nate, I don't even know if you had publicly disclosed the small box you stood in, but I know we're clear because Peter King tweeted out his very small box. So that oh, he is did? Not on you. Yes. What? Peter King disclosed the small box setup. Yeah. Um. No, I, <laughs> I, I put it out there on Saturday, I believe. Um. Man, what a wild time. Uh. I just, I'm so happy that like, I am allowed to watch football in a in a phone booth of a amount of space. Smaller, smaller. Um. And and can't really move. Yeah. So so you know, for for Chiefs fans, I guess you can we can alert them. But yeah, Peter King. Uh, has been out with the usual core uh, the last two days. So uh, Wednesday and Thursday, he may be out there one more day Friday um, as part of his weekly column. But yeah, like I see Peter King and like can't shake his hand, really mm-hmm. can't say hello because uh, he's in a whole different tier. Like I'm in M2 tier and like he's mm. in tier 308 slash special because he's freaking Peter King. and <laughs> He's in A1. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so like he walked, he just walks by and says, hi, Nate, or bye, Nate. And like, I'm like, hi, hi, Peter, bye, Peter. Like, hey, can't we go back to the Super Bowl where I was like literally feet from watching the Super Bowl with you? Like, can't we just go back to those? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a pandemic. Um, So yeah, man, it's, it's, it's wild. I'm, I'm going to, actively search this right now but um things are like ratcheting up at chiefs camp it it is the two hours out of my day that feel as close to normal as possible beyond me wearing a face mask if that and staying sense. in your very small box yes if, if that <laughs> if that makes sense yeah i think you're aren't you a little bit of a pacer i feel like this oh I feel my like this very small box has to be bad for you right you're a mover People, People know that I am a toucher. I am a mover. Yeah. I I like to use all form of communication, not yes. just not just verbally, <laughs> not just with eye contact. Although you know that eye contact is on point right now, intense, yeah, uh, uh, intense eye contact. But like, you know, I, I I gesture a lot. I pace up and down a lot. Uh, Josh, you know that like when I do radio hits with you on 810 i'm i'm walking back and forth like i'm just Mm -hmm. i'm getting steps so to to, yes to stand there for two hours and 25 minutes today which was the max that the chiefs are allowed to practice based on the new cba and it's the first time they've done the full 225 so far uh on, on a lovely thursday it it's it's odd, man. I can't look at my phone because, like, you know, you're not supposed to be doing anything on your phone, uh, and you're just you're just watching guys exert themselves, and you're making snap judgments like, "Whoo, I I don't think he should be on the team," and "Whoo, I think he should be on the team," and then ten minutes later, being like, "Yep, both those two opinions have completely reversed." <laughs> Seth, how have you enjoyed your uh, your spacious existence in Minnesota? You, you had a little bit to take a look at. We've got a couple things we'll talk about. Some like a, a little new player action, riding the wave of the training camp tweets, all that goodness. 
Sure. I just think it's, I find it fascinating that my laptop screen is probably a more spacious work environment yes. than what Nate's <laughs> currently currently working with. So I, I, I am curious because they've got you guys in those boxes. Has anyone taken a picture of all the media standing in their respective boxes? Peter King's is the closest that I've seen. It's just him, and there are some empty ones behind him. But I, of course, he's so far in front of everyone. That yes. No, we're like, dude. Hey, can someone go to beat? No. No. <laughs> no. Let me ask you. Let me answer your question with a question. Are you Peter King? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I, I was just curious. So, do they with the with the distancing and with you being outside? Do they keep make you keep the mask on throughout too? Yes. Okay. Um, so the only Very thing, cautious. Hold on. Hold on. I just saw. I just noticed in this picture. I won't be a snitch, but Peter King's got his nose poking out of this mask. So he does. He Peter does. I'm, to, look, I'm looking at it right now. There, are, there are certain privileges that come with to steal a phrase you often often use, Josh. Being Peter bleeping King, <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of them. It's like, oh man, that dude's nose is out. Were well, you gonna say something? No, I'm not gonna say anything. Are you gonna say anything? Nah, dude, that's Peter bleeping King. That's what's happening there. Yeah. And so but, like, so I, so they've created this L shape. If you look on. Peter King's uh, Twitter photo, and I'm on the other end of the L shape, um, and so it's like chess, right? It's like, ooh, I'm a bishop. I can go make an L, <laughs> or I could just stay here because, like, I'm never, I'm the chess piece that's never gonna get to move, right? That, that's that's what's happening. Um, so it's kind of like that, but yeah, I mean that that's the way it looks. It is like exactly six feet. So uh, the funny thing that I've been doing with like Sam Mellinger or Adam Teicher or Hobie Tiopi is like, okay, I'm just I'm just gonna walk kind of to you. Oh, our traces are bleeping. Our, our traces are bleeping. Oh, uh oh, uh oh. See. So like, we should make a mockery of it, of course, but like. It is the one interpersonal funny thing we can do. And, like, whenever a Chiefs official comes around us, it's like, see, now I'm going to be on your contract tracer history. And, yeah, man, like, you know, keep your distance, dude. Um, So I'm standing still taking rigorous notes. Like, I'm taking notes. And it helps that, like, I've had two years of an Andy Reid training camp to, like, have some experience as to like what to look for oh my god that's new and oh my lord they're doing what and like mm-hmm. who's who's with who and the personnel like guys i know i know the roster i know the entire depth <laughs> chart but i can only specifically give you certain reveals of the depth chart so far because they only gave us five assistant coaches and i could only pepper them with two to three questions at a time, and there's just there's just so many things we need to get to. Uh, so it's a privilege. Um, I'm doing my best. Really, shout out to the people subscribing and listening to this right now because um, I have valuable information, and the Chiefs will strike me down if I say <laughs> way too much. You know, shout out to you and to Herbie with the KC Star. For being willing, because Herbie just tweeted out, he's like, just flat out quote tweeted someone said, guys, I'm not allowed to tell you anything about anything that is happening. None. And you want to know the really funny thing is the first reply to it was from a fan thanking him for the secrecy. (laughs) NFL teams have, man, they, they have got their fans, and this includes me. Let's face it, I'm part of this. They have got us so thoroughly, to use a relationship phrase, whipped, 
that we are just like, well, they, they don't want the reporters to say anything. Well, that's probably for the best then, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, and then you see reports today where, like, you know, the Packers are like, well, you know, some people, they use that for scouting. Mm-hmm. Which Listen, I was just like, wait, Let me tell you wait. this really quick. Let me step in on, on this particular thing. I made a joke on Twitter. I don't care. I'll do it again. If if NFL teams right now are making roster decisions based off of training camp tweets from the six reporters in any market <laughs> who can see what's going on, Jody Fortson is going to get the biggest deal for any receiver in NFL history from some other team the second the Chiefs cut him. Well That's learned. just going to happen. But you, I mean, your theory only has one glaring obvious flaw yeah is that Andy Reid would never be so foolish as to cut my boy Jody Fortson I that's you know what this started as a bit and we're we're steering into it guys Jody Fortson remember the name I might even replace hit McCool Hardman as my do- no I'm not going to do that you still <laughs> still don't sleep on McCool Hardman or Juan Thornhill but but see but Jody Fortson I'm just saying he's got a useful skill set I'm just saying I, I I could hear myself turning into a character from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as I started to talk there. <laughs> and that has me concerned about this. It's like, ah, just say it. It's like, oh, boy, that's that's not a direction I want to go. But I'm just saying I like Jody Fortson. That's what I'm saying. I what, if I, a, what if I told you that oh, yes. in my latest story, oh. under yes. the observations, which <laughs> I know a lot Nate. of... Which I know a lot of fans and, 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 you know, our subscribers care a lot about. Like, the observation section in camp every year is one of my two true joys. Because it's, so it's when I can this. really, like, unleash things. What <laughs> if I told you, oh man, dear listener and fellow colleagues, Jody Forson made three impressive catches in a Thursday padded <laughs> practice. And I, I chronicle all three in the observation section. Oh, Look, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. The Chiefs have two viable tight ends right now. Literally mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. As of right now, on this day, August 20th of the year 2020, at the moment of this recording, Jody Fortson is on the 53-man roster. Yeah, he is! Oh, inject it into my veins! Melt it down, tie one off, and shoot it up, man! I am so excited. What the... What, <laughs> what the hell was that? I'm injecting that take into my veins. What? Oh too my, far? That's the most aggressive I've ever heard said on anything. <laughs> Jab it into my eyeball, flip me upside down, <laughs> tell me I've been a very bad boy, Jody Fortson. Yes! Okay, okay, fine. I leaned in a little too far. Okay. Is, is Jody Fortson catching passes from Patrick Mahomes and Chad Henney? You know, the first and second quarterbacks on the depth chart. Yes. Is Jody Fortson out here out-muscling receptions from Bershad Breeland, the best cornerback so far in camp? Yes. Is Jody Fortson the greatest football player who's yet to make an NFL snap? Yes. <laughs> Lock yeah. me outside, feed me tuna fish, and support the U.S. Postal Service, Jody Fortson! Yes! <laughs> See, now I think we've found an appropriate level of enthusiasm. <laughs> I, I like where we're at here. This is... I. <laughs> so, dude, I... <laughs> I don't know if you can answer this. The hype train can't get any hype. It, it can't, can't get hype like, I was trying to think of a way to to make it bigger, but I could not think of anything aside from like burning someone alive and like we are we you know, we've we've gone as far as we can. Are you able to answer whether he's taking reps as a tight end or a wide receiver? Or would that fall under like we would suddenly hear a noise 
and we would just never hear from you again. Like your 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 mic would go poof, like at the end of the Blair Witch Project. Okay, and okay, okay. Chiefs communication staff, stop listening. Clearly, stop listening right now. Turn clearly, this off. I have a, a, a world of admiration and respect. Thank you for giving me access to tier to M. Um, <laughs> you guys do so a great can, job. So I'm just can, happy that I get the emails. Thank so that guys. I can see Andy Reid at work and Patrick Mahomes at work and Steve Spagnuolo at work. Because we got Ton Melvin, the tight ends coach today, oh. I think I am within the guidelines of the reporting rules by the Kansas City Chiefs in accordance with the collective bargaining agreement between the team owners and the player association that Jody Fortson has been playing only at receiver because Tom Melvin never mentioned Jody Fortson's name in a tight end question uh, surrounding the position and the depth chart. So I believe the Chiefs only have five tight ends, two of which are viable right now because Ricky Seals-Jones is injured, so mm-hmm. is Deion Yelder. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of Daniel Helm until he actually walked on the field earlier this week. Yes, sir. Um, there's obviously Travis Kelsey, future Hall of Famer, and mm-hmm. Nick Kaiser, tight end two, by Tom Melvin, tight end coach. I can't believe they cut John Lovett. I was, I'm still kind of reeling on that one, honestly. Uh, I have a, I have a, a, a pretty detailed sort of set of topics in our shared Google Doc, and I had Jody Fortson as the second to last topic because <laughs> you cannot even, contain Jody Fortson. No, 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 no. no. I, this is on. I, this is me kind of like tapping my chest and putting up a hand after I got I committed the foul. Like, no, no, no. That one's on me. I still don't actually get this show because I put Jody Fortson as the the, the only topic after Jody Fortson is Breland speaks, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I'm. A fool for not just putting like not just going hi welcome to times jody fortson's uh and i am still at this point honestly i don't i'm not 100 percent confident that i know his name i literally had to google it earlier and i found that i think his first name is actually like joseph or something which is an even bigger uh curveball well now i feel lied to but on I, the chief's website it says jody fortson uh-huh. if you google him it says joe fortson and hit and then the little blurb that shows up on wikipedia says his name is joseph demarius fortson jr wow i'm guessing you know by jody because his dad is joseph or, i don't know i'm who, now i'm who, guessing who is doing more to perf- to to promote jody fortson and this is a legitimate question us, us or his agent Oh, us. Oh, we us. we us. are his agent. It's not even close. <laughs> it's it's us. Listen, we, you, you know, since they are, since they are keeping track, they being, you know, the proverbial they, the them that are listening to find ways to sign players that the Green Bay Packers, you know, they're afraid of the them. If they yeah. are watching beat reporters tweets, they are definitely listening to Times Hours. And Got right it. now, someone in, I'm guessing Miami. Mm. Is, is is he's waiting furiously for his typed out notes to print so he can pull them out of the computer and sprint down the hall to get in the co- coach 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 Fortson Kansas City <laughs> Times like, ours do it then now like, <laughs> then like the first man to run the marathon he then collapses and dies his last breathed word coach Flores a fifth round pick do it now. <laughs> I'm literally trying to find his agent right now, and I can't because I think it's us. (laughs) (laughs) I think legally we're approaching that, so that's that's fun. 
we've got to find it. We've got we've got to find we've got to find his representation, and we've got to see if we can get a cut whenever his Hall of Fame career wraps up. <laughs> wow, fifteen minutes on Jody Fortson and the start of training camp, unbelievable. This show even surprises me sometimes. Uh, so there's your there's your update on Peter King standing in a box and Jody Fortson's <laughs> Hall of Fame career. Uh, we got a little bit of news this week, though, guys. We we got just a little uh, a little taste of it. In fact, it, it the biggest story, I think, is one that was very confusing as it was first reported because Adam Schefter tweeted that Bashad Breland was facing a four-game suspension, which is something that we knew in, like, April. So the way that was framed, I was quite confused by. Yep. But later in the day, uh, Bashad Breland himself took the guesswork out of it for us, confirmed that he is being suspended for the first four games of the 2020 season for violating the substance abuse policy. Um, nothing anywhere that I know, Nate, you can correct me if I'm wrong as always, but uh, nothing that I know of being related to his arrest in South Carolina at that gas station, whenever that whole thing happened. Uh, he was facing the suspension before that point. The Chiefs were aware of, the, of it before they signed him to his one-year deal. But now he's out for four games, and he uh, brought everybody a, a excellent verse from one of his uh, music videos in his Instagram apology post, which was absolutely excellent use of a platform. It was. Um, my understanding is, like, they were going through the appeal process, and there was a chance that like maybe the suspension could be reduced because um substance abuse suspensions uh are supposed to be you know taken with less punishment moving forward as part of the new cba but because i think of the incident in uh in april in south carolina my understanding is as long as Bashad just like you know becomes a a, a good citizen who doesn't uh commit more um, suspension worthy drug test. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just going to be for all the charges in South Carolina were misdemeanors, so it's not like it's not that serious. I don't know how that's going to reach its conclusion because, like, you know, we're in a pandemic and like not the biggest court filing that needs to get to at this minute. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the league was just like, hey, why don't you take the four? Um, and we'll just kind of move on. And he sort of agreed to that. The Chiefs. Uh, have pretty much prepared this training camp with that in mind. But here's the one interesting tidbit in all of this is that, yes, the Chiefs knew before they ever put the pads on that Bashad was probably going to be out two to four weeks, you know, unless something wild happened. So it's four now. And Bashad has taken the reps that he usually takes in a season based on his stature. Uh, That, again, is within the guidelines of the reporting rule book um i didn't say what team he was on but folks based on the information i just gave you taking normal reps giving his stature on the team that leads one to a conclusion that i'm sure you can figure out for yourself um so they have not really you know rotated players like they do at other positions so far relating to bashad breland's position so i don't know if that'll be the case all the way through camp it's something i'm going to monitor but, you know, they may do that, and then when it gets to the actual game week against the Texans, try to figure out, okay, who is the person best suited to replace him because, obviously, Breland will not be at the facility for those four weeks uh, as he takes acceptance of that suspension. Yeah, and I also saw, Nate, and Seth, I'm curious what you kind of think about the depth and everything, but I did see that a little bit from earlier today about Legereus Sneed having a good day. Again, I don't know what necessarily what you're allowed to say that fits in that role, um, but 
he was the 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 fourth round pick. It's not an early draft pick, but it's also not you know trading back up in the seventh for Bo Pete Keys or a, a kind of a a low pri- not I don't say low priority, but a low money free agent like Antonio Hamilton. Um, do you have anything that you can give us on what Legarius needs looked like so far? Um, it's 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 a case to be made where okay, you've had a couple days of practices and pads. He hasn't made like a colossal mistake, but today he showed the ability to stay with receivers and to make a play on the ball. Um, so that's progress. And now we go to a step for like, how do I compare this practice to the end of camp? Like the last time I'll see um, an open, you know, two and two hour and 25 minute practice. I think that's where it is. So he's progressing in the right direction. He has not done anything where I'm like, oh boy. Like, mm-hmm. like, you know, so... He's long, he's very fast, and they're grooming him for cornerback. But with Spagnolo, it's always interesting to know that, like, unless you're, like, it's wild. Like, unless you're Brashad Reeland or Traverius Ward, you can play anywhere. And yeah. that's wild, because, like, it's just not how I was taught football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but they're doing that with, you know, with Snead. And so far, um, it's proved to be some, some level of positivity. Uh, but... He did stay with Tyreek Hill. That's kind of what I can tell you, um, yeah. if that makes sense. For sure. Uh, and then so, Seth, um, with, with with no concern of saying something you're not supposed to say because you've got the same information. You're, you're just reading the, the, the tea leaves better than everybody else. So you're free. You can speak your mind here. Um, what, what are the Chiefs losing without Breland through those first four weeks? And then what do you think about kind of that crop of guys behind him as you, you know, looked at some of the younger guys and, and know about what's what's kind of sitting behind Breland in the death chart now that we know he's out for the first four? I mean, that's tough. They They relied on Breland last year a lot. Um, they had him playing left cornerback on the boundary. They had Ward playing right cornerback on the boundary last year. And that was like Spagnolo likes to move things around a lot, mm-hmm. like what Nate just alluded to. But Breland and Ward, they were comfortable with them. Um, I've been reviewing Traverius Ward's film to close out the year last year, which hopefully I'll get done before the season starts. Good Lord. Hmm. Um, and they played more variations of cover three type stuff or quarters where they had them just, you know, this is your side. You 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 do your thing here. And because they're both guys that you can count on to press a little bit at the line and still turn and run, even though Breland's not as fast, but he's just such a wide dude. That it's just hard for receivers to run by him. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, I mean, that's there's a lot there. Um, you know, Rashad Fenton was better than anyone expected last year as a rookie. But, I mean, that's the biggest thing is it suddenly becomes this just kind of gaping hole. Now, we'll see. They seem pretty confident in Fenton to take his snaps. And I'm guessing they'll have Tyron Matthew come in and play slot corner quite a bit. Um, and so you could do a lot worse. But yeah. then that's like, okay, well, is Thornhill going to be healthy? Does that move everyone up a notch? And so it's tough. And that early slate is a tough slate of games. So, I mean, with Breland, you lose a guy who's physical, who's not afraid to cover anyone, contests well, rarely makes big mistakes. Uh, he's, he's a solid corner. Um, the, I was surprised that they were able to keep him around this season. And so you, you lose a fair amount when you lose him. And we're going to have to see Steve Spagnolo do some pretty impressive stuff. 
Uh, it might get a little bit easier knowing that uh, Juan Thornhill is back. Nate, you can. Uh, we, this is all. This is all public. But we know that uh, he returned to practice, passed his physical. That's fair and free information. Andy Reid said he would ramp up. Um, you know, you heard Seth mention that maybe maybe Matthew plays in the slot a little more while Breland is out, and you let Fenton play on the outside. Whatever Spags might do there. Um, I I generally feel pretty good at this point. This is a nice feeling, but I feel pretty good about Spags doing something creative that you go like, oh, I didn't really think they would do that, but it does seem like it's working. That seems like that's kind of his uh, his sweet spot at the moment. But one Thornhill back off the pup list. Um, we we know now if, if he or also Martinez Rankin uh, were to be on the pup list in week one, you miss those first six weeks, but you can pretty much come off it whenever in the preseason. And Thornhill is uh, in, in the, the phrase I've gotten a lot of mileage out of recently, the ramp up period. Yeah, um, he's in pads, like, doing tackling drills. And Whoa, that, breaking news. Hold on. Are you sure? Can you say that? Is that allowed? Uh, I can say that because it's okay. within the shooting period, which means that okay. is when local television stations, shout out to my guy Harold at Fox 4, like, if he's taking video of Jordy Force and, and of course, um, me in the same frame, uh, in that same period, <laughs> at least the last two days, Juan Thornhill has done individual drills, uh, he's tackled some dummies, so hey, you know, knee looks good so far. Haven't seen him do a full sprint. Uh, he's not involved in contact, you know, with like other live human beings wearing football pads. But like, this is a really good, I think, situation for the Chiefs where it gives him really three weeks uh, because as of today, you know, we're we're three weeks away from kickoff, which is Holy like cow. both, which is yeah, which is mm-hmm. both like a little bit of a distance, and then like. 10 days are going to happen and you're going to be like, holy smokes, this is really close to like real football with no preseason games. Um, So he's got three weeks to like make sure that he's taking the slow steps to where I feel like he doesn't have to start week one. Like if he's just on the field and he contributes on a limited basis, like that is a big win for the Chiefs because, you know, they still have Dan Sorensen. They still have Rashad Fitton and uh, obviously, you know, Tyron Matthew to sort of patrol the middle of the field to some degree but yeah all all signs point to hey maybe a week from now maybe on our next episode um he's actually doing stuff you know with the rest of the defense and we can get a better sense of like where he is based on like where he was last year or into late december when he was playing really exceptional football for a rookie with that amount of responsibility on his plate given spagnolo's creativity in the back end of the defense um but you know, hopefully by the time you listen to this podcast, dear listener, um, I will have had some level of communication with Juan Thornhill on a Zoom chat because uh, the Chiefs communication staff now knows that he is, you know, physically passed the test uh, to be on the field. So hopefully we'll get to ch- chat with him on Friday and I can give a, a, a further update from there. Seth, if we do allow just for a, a, a hope of a fully healthy one, Thornhill, if it's week one, if it's week four, whatever, um, how much does that change what the Chiefs can do as we are kind of playing that game of, of, of you know, patching up the patching up the holes in the boat? Sure. Um, barring someone else stepping up in a big kind of unexpected way, Thornhill is the only guy that I'm really comfortable with on the back end in a pure free free safety role. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Armani Watts more than most, but his top end speed is problematic there. Um, 
at least that from what I've seen. Now, I think he's got good burst, but again, it's that closing top-end speed to go from one side of the field to the other. Uh, Thornhill is one of only two guys on the roster with that sort of top-end speed that I've seen. Um, you know, I mean, Matthew could do it, but he's going to be needed elsewhere. So yeah. it, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, he, he does add a lot to their defense. It is worth noting that they didn't necessarily miss a step without him in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but a big part of that was uh, Kendall Fuller stepped in and played really well as a safety. And Kendall Fuller's gone and got himself a $10 million a year contract, which mm-hmm. good on Kendall. Mm-hmm. Um, but so there, you know, Sorensen can't do that and he shouldn't. You got to keep him in that more limited role and he can keep making the occasional really great play like he did during the playoffs and down the home stretch. But you put him out of position, he's going to start giving up touchdowns. Um, like he did against the Titans late in the AFC Championship. Can't put him in that position. So you you need Thornhill in a lot of ways, barring someone else stepping up. You know, Armani Watts takes a step forward. Yep. Uh, you know, Tedrick Thompson is not what Seattle fans think he is. You know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Barring that, he's he's a big part of it, especially when you consider how thin they are at corner. Uh, well, let's stick with the safety thing while we're just rolling through because the other, the new name there is Adrian Colbert. He was uh, with the Dolphins most recently, spent two years with the Niners before that. He played at Miami for the University of Miami and then was recently with the Dolphins. Same city, different teams, uh, different different <laughs> levels. But uh, Nate, what did you think whenever you saw the news that, that the Chiefs were bringing him in? I, I actually don't think he's been out there yet right because he's got no, the, the COVID right. period and whatnot yes um, but with the report from Therese that he was playing he's planning on signing after completing the uh the COVID period and all the testing and everything um I think a lot of people had a, an Im- immediate thought of like oh god is this going to be anything about one Thornhill it's not because that we've figured that out obviously since then um but is that is that Brett Veach just continuing to kind of sift through uh, try to find the best depth option at a defensive back spot. Are they expecting anything out of him? What do you, What did you think? Yeah, so I, I'll I'll say this uh, in in two ways. I feel like this is an insurance policy in case um, Juan Thornhill has a setback. And well, now mm-hmm. we always have to keep that uh, in the you know in our minds because you know not every athlete comes back from a torn ACL and it's just like Russell Westbrook where you're just like mm-hmm. oh okay well i guess he's indestructible right. um you know so if he has a setback or if it's a slower start than you anticipate it's better to have depth at the position than to not um Tedrick Thompson's been fine um Armani Watts i mean this would this would have been the time for for preseason games man where you just could have yeah. where you could have really seen okay He's not necessarily thinking as much, and he's more reacting and playing at a faster pace because maybe he knows Spagnuolo's system better going into year two versus you know learning it in year one. So there's that. That's the thing you miss, um, you know. So who knows? I mean, with with the way this is going um, on the second part of that, maybe Adrian is one of those things where much like with Jordan Lucas, you see mm. you know the position mm. safety mm-hmm. cool. Um, don't we already have safeties? But the problem with the Chiefs roster structurally, and Brett Veach knows this, this is not a secret, they don't have enough linebackers. So to supplement that problem, or at least to put a band-aid on it, you get a safety who can play um, perhaps four phases on special teams. Punt, return, and kick. Uh, punt, or kickoff, uh, and kickoff return. So I, I think... You have to look at it that way, where it is it is depth, 
But usually you would have more linebackers on this roster than you do now, and some of those guys would obviously be playing special teams. Um, and so if 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 Colbert can impress because he has experience, because he's been in the league before, because you're not just putting some rookie out there, mm-hmm. if he can impress Dave Tobe on special teams, perhaps he's another back of the end roster similar to Jordan Lucas where he may flash here and there on defense, but you know he's not going to screw things up on special teams. And Seth, you took a look at him a little bit. People can check that out on your Twitter account at Real MN Chiefs Fan. Um, but you, you kind of took a closer look at Colbert. What, do you think that uh, again, special teams being an, an element of it, I think, is a great call. It, whenever he is playing safety, what did you see on film? It's interesting because the Dolphins had him playing almost exclusively single high deep safety. Yep. Um, or not necessarily always single high. Sometimes part of a cover three, that sort of thing. Um. But the difference being, in case anyone's wondering, you know, if you're single high, no one else is back deep, you're covering the whole field, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got excellent speed. Um, now, not like, you know, at his pro day, some people thought he ran a 4-2-5. And, I, you know, he looks really fast. He doesn't look 4-2-5 fast because that's right. like Tyreek Hill fast. Right. But he, he is very fast. Um, he covers the field very fast, better. I said fast like eight times there, but it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a big thing with him. It pops out on the field. He's clearly faster than like the other safeties they had out there. It's tough because Miami played him just in that spot, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas the Chiefs are going to have him moving around quite a bit. I will say this: when he was asked to uh, bracket or or be a cover two safety, to where he didn't have a bunch of responsibilities in terms of route reading while also trying to read the quarterback, it's hard playing free safety, guys. You know, you're watching the quarterback, but if you move the wrong way, I mean, Patrick Mahomes makes a living off this, right? You know, he stares one way and the guy runs, and he's like, he throws the ball. I don't even make that noise, but he should. What what sound does he make whenever he... Sorry, Seth, what sound does Patrick Mahomes make? I've done it twice now, but I'll do it again. And so he, he does that, makes the throw. So... Colbert does have some of that in him where he tries to follow the quarterback's eyes to, for better or worse. Occasionally it results in a nice play. Occasionally it results in like, wow, that dude was open. Like, yeah. <laughs> like whoa. Um, now, not as often as it would for other players because, again, he's very fast. He's okay. also not afraid to hit, and he's built pretty solid. Um, if you go back and look at some of his 49ers tape, he was willing to lay the wood on guys. And it's interesting because he does have – uh, I think between like around 15 games that he started in the league. So he's got a lot more starting experience than some guys that you'd expect to be released this time of year. And mm-hmm. I think he looks like he's got a viable skill set if he does need to get on the field. And mm-hmm. that's one thing I mentioned with Thornhill being maybe the only guy you trust on that back end. I think he's a guy that you could in doses. Mm-hmm. I think if he's there all the time, I think eventually he's going to get got. But he's a guy that I could see getting on the field and not embarrassing himself. He's uh he's willing to contest. He just uh he doesn't it, from what I can see, you know, with the limitations, he doesn't read routes really well and route combinations, so he can be led astray as it were. Um much like a sheep can be led astray. <laughs> Adrian Colbert just needs a shepherd. And and, and Ty- what's Tyron Matthews' nickname? Well, none of them are the shepherd yet, but it, he's got a bunch of them. He's I'm like, got a bunch of them. I'm like, I guess a landlord's kind of a shepherd in a the way. La- a landlord's kind of a shepherd, and a, a honey badger's kind of like a sheepdog, kind of. Yeah, we're getting there. This we're is, close. 
This is we're getting there. Um, a CEO manages. I think oh, if you cross a, I think if you cross a landlord with a honey badger, the end result is a sheepdog. <laughs> that makes sense to me. So that's like the, in a very non-literal sense. Here's something to keep in mind that I was thinking about, though. You know, a player who last year was very unhappy with the Dolphins because he was forced to play exclusively free safety. Mm. Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. No, no, okay. This is so he's not... Minka, so he's Minka Fitzpatrick. All right, well, we're on the next thing. So Seth says Adrian Colbert's uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, um, Nate, what do you think about that? Quote? So you're telling me Steve Spagnuolo has found, found three mm. elite safeties. Interesting. That's right. Uh, That's right. This is why I shouldn't talk. It's just interesting. <laughs> now, no, sorry. So Nate, so Nate I'm sorry. You're, are you saying that Juan Thornhill or Tyron Matthew isn't elite? Because I know you didn't leave Dan Sorensen out of there on purpose. <laughs> I mean, did... Doesn't get elite if he doesn't get dirty. So I mean, <laughs> it's a tough call. Ugh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying it's worth noting. I think the Dolphins are well coached, but it would be interesting to see if there was a coach who would narrow the responsibilities of Colbert, similar to what we saw Spagnolo and and the defensive backs coaches do with the corners last year where you saw yeah. a little bit narrowing of responsibility from hey we're going to play man coverage like 65% of the time and go get them you know from what we saw <laughs> under Bob Sutton it's like it's like hey 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 come to the slot and guard Julian Edelman do I have safety help no where no. are the linebackers no, no. Yeah. actually are the your linebackers, are the linebackers going to help me underneath no no <laughs> it's just Tom Brady me and Julian Edelman and so Spagnola was better at saying, "Okay, no, no, what we're gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna have you cover this zone right here, and we're gonna drop our linebackers a little far. You know, we're gonna we're gonna spread things out and you know help guys out a little bit." If he does that with Colbert, I could see him having a genuinely functional skill set, but we'll see. Is yeah. my chicken crap ending to that? I mean, I get it though, and I also I think like if you. If you just say, like, this guy's with the Chiefs now and Snow is going to be great, like, you're, you know, I, that's not, that doesn't count. But if you say, I think Steve Spagnuolo is in a place where he is going to get the most out of somebody in his system, I think that's being pretty smart. Like, I think that's super duper fair. Hey, thanks. Nate, do you agree? I do. And I'm, I'm, the more we talk about this, the more I'm eager to see, perhaps maybe, you know, by the end of this weekend, um, what Adrian can provide. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's always interesting, like, because this is Steve Spagnuolo versus a more um, rigorous Bob Sutton, that, like, I'm going to see um, Mr. Colbert play multiple positions, you know? It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be fascinating mm-hmm. because, you know, in some ways, Spags has sort of mentioned this before, by doing that, you do truly find, okay, what can a guy be really good at and where do I need to hide him if I need mm-hmm. to hide him uh, against certain matchups or certain formations? So, like, yeah, it it, it makes sense. But um, the Chiefs are always willing to get a to get a safety, at least as of right now in this sort of um, administration. They're always willing to get a safety who can come up and tackle, right? Who's yep. not a, who's not afraid to do that, just because yeah. you need that person to play both defense and special teams and. You know, one of the true advantages the Chiefs have had for a long, long time is they will they won't beat themselves on special teams. And so, uh, even if this doesn't lead to like a ton of snaps on defense, it could still be that piece where you know that player came in, 
um, was the right sort of personality to fit the team and was willing to make tackles um, whenever he was on the field, whether that's on defense or special teams. Uh, one other thing that was totally different, but broken news by accident. It's like how you break something that you knock off of an island. Uh, I love Steve Spagnuolo so much, <laughs> and and he accidentally unveiled this week. He revealed <laughs> that the Chiefs are going to start the season without Mike Pinnell, and we don't know for how long yet because that was his breaking news. Uh, that was that was his exclusive report. Uh, please credit Steve Spagnuolo on the breaking news there. Um, Nate, did you did you know that was coming? Did you? I mean, have you uh, have you independently confirmed anything here? Are you just taking Spags at his word? Yeah. The the best part about this was I had sort of, um, I had sort of waited for this right. Um, so here's a little inside you know beat reporting. There are things that you hear that involve the league. And the league is the ultimate decider of this. So mm-hmm. it, until the league makes a ruling, it's best in the interest of myself, in the interest for the player, uh, the people representing him, both from the organization and from the agency standpoint. Like, it's best not to really, like, just put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and this also involves a player in Mike Pinnell who has already served a suspension for violating the substance abuse policy with the Green Bay Packers. Um, mm-hmm. So... My understanding was it's going through the appeal process. That process is yet to be uh, litigated or, you know, sort of reached its conclusion, i.e. the Bashad Breland situation. But, yeah, I mean, there was a chance, you know, relatively low, but there was a chance that, like, maybe he doesn't have a suspension this year based on what I said earlier about the collective bargaining agreement. Now, being a repeat offender is um, usually makes that situation low. Mm-hmm. Um but again, this is a new CBA, and it's not significant. It's not just Roger Goodell anymore. So you, you you're trying to understand all of that, give it the time it needs to get through. You know, there's this whole pandemic going around. So like, hey, mm-hmm. uh, this may not be really figured out until we get closer to September. With that being said, um, someone in you know someone in all of this in this you know situation sort of said yes, but. You just you have you just have to wait, um, mm-hmm. and so here's where we are. Uh, I would anticipate that because of what Spagnolo said, and because of what I had heard previously, um, he's probably not going to be available for the season opener against the Houston Texans. I'm sorry, guys. Um, mm-hmm. So within that, uh, they have rotated players at the defensive line position, most notably at the tackle, um, but. I feel like there's either going to be a standardized, if Bashad got four as a repeat offender, you're probably going to get four as a repeat mm-hmm. offender. But mm-hmm. because uh, the way this is being sort of figured out with everything that I just said earlier, there's a chance that that could be different. Um, the Chiefs mostly need Mike Pinnell for the exact time they got him last year, which is November, December, January, and February. I'm yeah, not sure... If he is like as vital as maybe some Chiefs fans feel in September, um, just because uh, as you know the situation gets colder and teams like I don't know Bill O'Brien want to run the football more, uh, mm-hmm. he has more value there. But for now, he's doing fine in camp, and we'll just see what the ruling is when the league ultimately makes its decision. 
Seth, we talked about this a little bit on eight ten, but um, what what like you you talked about the uh, the Chiefs defense, like you know, can it carry over to the next year and all that? And one of the things you mentioned, like, hey, have Mike Pinnell's back, have Mike Pinnell back. That's good. That helps. That's that is good for this defense, and I it makes me a little more optimistic about the interior of that defensive line. So what what do they lose then if they don't have them for those first? one two four games sure and and i mean the main thing with Pinnell is it was sort of an add-in i mean it's not nearly as big a deal as for sure under spagnolo and having jones and clark healthy together with absolutely with but he but he but he's a he's a positive especially la- especially late last year yes. came in real handy he he brought he brought in some some i think some needed attitude into the interior big strong guy very difficult to move um, he also is able to, in addition to holding the line, he's able to sometimes get a little bit of penetration via just pushback along the interior. Mm-hmm. Also, smart player. He's been in the league for a number of years, and he, he generally is just in the right place. He doesn't let himself get walled off in the direction the run is going. And that's something uh, Derek Nadi, who is a very strong guy in his own right, very hard to move, he's not quite as nuanced at reading the blocks and seeing where they're trying to wall him off. And so he'll at times get moved out of a play, not because he gets out, he, not because he gets outright beaten, but just because he doesn't seem to quite know where he, where they're trying to move him from. Whereas Pinnell is just, he just seems to get it a little more. And again, I mean, the man's like a tree. He is very hard mm-hmm. to move. Um, and so that, that definitely hurts. It especially hurts because if I recall, if it lasts longer than two games. Uh, week three is against the Ravens, and as much as I'm curious what their run game looks like without Marshall Yonda, it's still a really tough team in terms of how they run the ball up the interior, and Pinnell would help. So it, it's a bummer. Nothing they can't you know overcome, but it, it does. It's a little bit. But you combine that with Bashad, and you're like, huh? Well, that's unfortunate. I, uh, I I do feel like we just did the same bit at three different positions, basically. We are just like, so with Juan Thornhill, what do we think? Like, what if he's not there? Okay, Bashad Breland's not going to be. <laughs> Mike Pinnell's not going to be. Run it back. What happened to run it back? Right, Everything was so cool like a little bit ago. Everybody was back except for, and then like a little opt-out here and an opt-out there. And a couple of suspensions and an injury. It's like, oh, you know what? This is, you know, even even the Chiefs have, have to deal with uh with some of those some of those offseason difficulties, um, I I, I want to talk uh, talk about a couple of, like more big picture things here in a second. But the one like really there there are two kind of quick still things uh, emanating from training camp at this at this moment. Um, Nate, you wrote about Breland speaks. He spoke to the media yes. at, at some point within the last several days, um, and he talked about how he didn't really feel like there was like a big sense of urgency, which I thought was kind of kind of wild. Good for him. Um, but yeah, I, well. Yeah, uh, I don't. I I don't feel like my wife wants me to take out the garbage. So, <laughs> what, I mean, what are we doing here? I don't. I don't feel like it's really that big a deal if I don't file this petition my boss told me to file. You know, I, I just don't feel like it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, Breland, I just you know, um, in the history of my time at the Athletic, I just want everybody to know. That there has not been a player that I've written more about um, with less on the field play than Breland speaks. Mm. Um, but he's always fascinating. Like his entire story arc is fascinating. And so, yet again, uh, I tried to explain his situation as best I could. Um, you know, 
I don't say this uh, lightly. I say it with the respect it deserves. It's it's a glorious day in my life when I can write honestly that somebody literally came into camp in the best shape of their entire <laughs> life. <laughs> and that's what Breland Speaks gave me the opportunity to do, yo, ladies and gentlemen. Um, quick side note, because I texted both of these guys on Wednesday or Tuesday. I can't remember. I think it was Tuesday. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They all run the, together. As you know, I'm being tested for COVID-19 uh, by the Chiefs in accordance with bioreference. Uh, you know, I've seen guys go in there with me or be in line. Um, wrote about Breland Speaks. The next day I took a test and I was in line with Breland Speaks. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, life is just a, it's just a, a it's a, it's a very interesting thing. Um if it's ever going to happen, it's got to happen this year with Breland. And um, we'll see where it goes. He has no preseason games to really show what he can do, but he also doesn't have any preseason games to get hurt, which was the case last year. Um, he's going to be fresh because they just, they're just they just going to have a killer rotation at the defensive yeah. line if they can all stay healthy and whenever Mike Pinnell returns, of course. But um, he may not say that he feels pressure, but the whole situation surrounding him is is a pressure cooker, and we're gonna see what the best that I think Breland Speaks has to offer because he's never been in this shape, he's never been in a better situation where he actually knows the defense he's in, and he should be playing at his natural position, which he has so far in camp, which is defensive end. Like, mm-hmm. don't move this guy inside, don't let him be an off, you know, an outside linebacker in a in a scheme that doesn't fit his skill set. Um, if it's gonna happen and he stays healthy, it's it's got to happen now because he's a second round draft pick, and the Chiefs only have him contractually for two more years. But if you want to clear up some cap space, you <laughs> could cut him, which I'm not saying they're going to. Uh, I'm just saying if things don't get better from here, it will kind of be a tragedy in like a small football sense, just because the whole thing about guys at the professional level is you just want to see what they can do with what their capabilities are when you drafted them. If you never get that, then it's always kind of this what if, and it sucks for the player. It sucks for the team and, and it sucks for fans and, you know, people who get to know them on a, on a, on a small daily basis, like I do from a reporting standpoint. So, um, Breland did all the right things. He's done all the right things so far in camp. So hopefully he'll do something to contribute for the Chiefs this season. And I do want to, I do want to give him credit for acknowledging that, like, yes, when the Chiefs have their ring ceremony, when they do raise the banner, uh, Breland speaks is a part of that. He was on the roster. He's going to get a Super Bowl ring, but he knows that he wants to be part of the reason why they got a Super Bowl ring versus just a guy who was on the roster because he was a draft pick who got injured. So he acknowledged that, and I think that's motivation enough for him to, to try to do his best this year. Seth, you are an optimistic, uh, glass half full. I hope for the best uh, in, in everyone in a Chiefs uniform. Do you think that there should be a sense of urgency for Breland Speaks? Yes. <laughs> Um, he... All right, good. All right, so Clyde edwards Lairs look great, right? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Seth. The, the one thing with, with Breland Speaks that has me continually intrigued is he... You and I have talked about this before, that players with one distinctive feature are, are always interesting. And he has really heavy hands. Like, 
it, when you look at his film, whether it's in college or even his limited time as a pro, and his film as a pro has not been good to date. But he has really heavy hands in, in the sense that when he's hand fighting, he consistently seems to get the better end of it. It's almost, I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of like, you know, you know how like uh, when Eric Berry would come screaming in, he would knock guys flat twice his size. It was like he weighed more than he actually weighed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, it's something like that kind of with Breland Speaks with his hands. Kind of like what Chris Jones has, except Chris Jones like has his whole body like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the one thing with him that... Otherwise, I'd be completely out on him. And if it weren't for the job Steve Spagnuolo did, kind of reviving Tino Passanio's career last yep. year, mm-hmm. um, he's Speaks has a little more lateral agility than Passanio, and he's got heavier hands. And so we'll see. But he's not—he's not the athlete. So I—I'm willing to hold out a three percent optimism there. Three, no, four. Oh, We're going to say four. No, th- stick with three because the Suns had a 3% chance to win the NBA lottery tonight, and they just sat there at 10. And I I had hope for a 3% chance, and it immediately hurt me. So stick <laughs> by stick my, by your guns on a 3% chance. That, that's my bad. Didn't mean to, to pour no, salt I, on the wound. <laughs> I didn't think you did. I'm just at this point. At this point, I'm just like a slug, just just trying to find some salt, just to throw myself just on, just to, to end feel. It all. <laughs> the other, the other just, you are. You know what you are. The other night, we've I? got a really big fire pit because we live out in the country, and this frog was in the middle, not in the middle of the <laughs> no! fire pit, but around the edges of it, kind of hopping near the bricks. And my son Tucker, because he's a sensitive soul, is trying to get this frog out of there before the fire got bigger. And the frog, yeah. in an attempt to evade Tucker, jumped right into the middle of the fire. No! And, and boy, just on a side note, in case you were wondering, fire kills frogs really fast. Like, I guess that's better than the alternative. I, I, you got halfway through that sentence, and I went, is he going to say slow? No, 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 it was very fast. He, 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 he flopped into the middle of the coals and did not heat that. That's what he did. And so you are that frog right now. You are the just <laughs> uh, over here to my right is cheering for the suns more. Here is a 400 degree pile of burning ashes. Well, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun while we had it. Yeah, yeah. It was fun while you had it. So, Seth, you're a lawyer. Do you think in that instance that you could try your son and find that maybe maybe he actually committed a crime? Wow. You know what? <laughs> respectful dad respectful dad clap right there. Thank you. Nice. nice. Thank you very much. I, I'm a little embarrassed that I didn't think of that joke. I need to. It took a lot of work, <laughs> and, and it took a lot of work for you not to not not to give it away before it actually yeah, stuck it really, the landing. That was that was good stuff, man. I I gotta I gotta sit out the next few plays and think about where I went wrong. Guys, that. That's that's fine. I, my, and I also I've noticed at this point that I do think that us kind of going back and forth in our joke process for listeners is absolutely riveting. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh man, what is next? Somebody guard this man from the jokes. (laughs) Somebody Somebody guard me. Get a body on him for crying out loud. (laughs) Making it rain out here. (sighs) So how do you guys want to transition to talking about uh, COVID and uh, cultural appropriation for exactly four and a half minutes? Can we not and tell everyone we did? Or... Uh, we could probably just do it. We could probably do it real quick. No, it's like, here's the thing. And everyone knows this at this point, I imagine, because, um, 
you know, it's the 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 plans for the stadium have been out for a little bit. The uh, the no headdress thing is is newer. So I'll give you the quick news hook here. Uh, the Chiefs are planning on opening Arrowhead to 22% capacity, about 16,000 fans. Season ticket members get the first crack at the tickets. And whenever they are uh, allowed in, they will not be allowed. Fans will not be allowed to wear uh, headdresses or face paint in the style of Native American Indians based on conversations the Chiefs have been having with uh, a a diverse group, they said, of Native American Indian leaders. And uh, they they said that they had been, like, discouraging that for the last several years. And also notice they've been talking to to Native American leaders uh, since 2014, which isn't that long. I felt like that was kind of a weird flex, but that's fine. Um, That's that came out, though, today that the Chiefs had finally kind of implemented that. Hey, you're you're not coming in. Uh, with the headdress of a culture that you're cosplaying as, and uh, you can wear your face paint. Just you know, maybe there might be some room there for uh, what is appropriative and yep. uh, what is appropriate. That's I dangerous. I wish yep. they had just but, drawn a hard line there because it's like, come I, on. I think I well listen. If half of your face is red and half is white, and you look like that mask with the little that uh, you know the big angry mask that was a big deal for us, you're good. That's fine. If you're wearing eye black, that's fine. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. This is a guess. I'm guessing that won't be uh, very tightly litigated in the same way that the headdresses will, because there's at least a little plausible deniability. There's no other way to wear a giant feathery headdress <laughs> as a as a non-American Indian person. Although now so, I'm kind of looking forward to people trying. Like That's fair. What that is might, the might other good way? Material like, at the gates there. I, I'm but, interested. Yeah. It, 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 it kind of makes you want to be creative. They're highly discouraging you from being creative, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yeah. Can I just own it? I, I have a I have a take on this for people that sure. might be that might be bothered by it. Because mm-hmm. I understand a lot of people, um, you know, they they feel like there's overreactions, there's underreactions. What about the Vikings? What about the Celtics? What about I get all that. Here's what I would say. For one, relax. It's really not that big a deal. It's not going to and I'm not talking about cultural appropriation as a whole, by the way. I'm saying in terms of the Chiefs not doing this stuff, it's not that big a deal. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. What what's what Jefferson say? You know, it doesn't rob, break my back, or rob my wallet. It's gonna be mm-hmm. fine. Here's mm-hmm. the other thing I would say: if you're upset about this, right, and you feel like, oh, this is terrible, the reason the Chiefs are doing this from a cynical perspective, if I were to be cynical, is they really want to hang on to the name Chiefs, mm-hmm. and they're hoping that if they take these steps, people will maybe chill about that side of things, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe people will, maybe people won't, who knows. But if you're upset about that, think of it this way. Think of it as an attempt to hang on to a name that you really like by making it a little less culturally appropriative That's mm-hmm. not a word, but it should be. So that that's what I would say to people. And also, just relax. It's not that big a deal. You know what I mean? It's like I yeah. I just can't I got to tell you man. I you if anyone wants me to tell them about my work day today and what the things I dealt with during in custodies today, I'll tell you what some things are that are a big deal. This not a big deal. Yeah. The one thing I, I think that that's I think that's right on on a variety of levels. The th- one thing that or I found myself having a very very hard time feeling anything for anyone f- who is upset with this is that if, if that it's very much in a similar vein to what you just said, Seth. But if that's the thing that you're outraged by today, you should probably pick a better thing to be outraged by. Um, and and the inverse is not necessarily the same because I'm not saying this is a dumb issue. I'm saying if you as a uh, a, a majority population person 
person, which is typically means straight white dude, right? Like that's kind of the that's the the, the largest part of the pie chart. If you're coming from <clears throat> uh, from the 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 Caucasian perspective here and you're going, but I want to dress up like an Indian and walk in and uh, have my headdress and do the tomahawk chop. Even I don't really care that it, that it uh, is it is boiling down a people group to its one most uh, warrior esque, very one dimensional caricature form. I don't care. At least you, the least you can say, I guess, is that you that you don't care that they're saying, "Hey, that's." I wish you wouldn't. Um, and there's, I, I don't know, man. I just, I, I I feel like you shouldn't have to be asked very much in terms of uh like hey could you just not do that like that if, if that energy permeates life yep. so much it's like hey could you just could you not and if your reaction is why like <laughs> it, it, if it's not like hey man if it's not a deeply offensive thing to you to stop doing the thing like you've just got to pick a place to draw the line and this is like and, and not also i don't really want to sound like i'm particularly towing the line here i think this is a uh absolutely positive thing yeah. and took longer than it should have. Yep. That's where I'm coming yeah, from. Two, two, um, yeah, two things can be true. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, Nate, what did you think? Um, two things. Uh, if you are going to act a fool, man, it's going to be easier to notice you in a 16,000 crowd than an 80,000 crowd. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's not going to feel the same. And I've said this before on the podcast and various other places. Uh, I don't think they should encourage fans to do the chop. Because I think the chop song should be deleted from the playlist. Now, yeah. um, it will also look mad awkward if you're out here playing the chop song and only 16,000 people, you know, six feet apart or in your six-person pod are doing it. Mm-hmm. Just not mm-hmm. a good look. So this is an easy transition for the team to move away from very caricature-like things that are, you know, demeaning. Um, the second thing is many people including me will give the benefit of the doubt to the hunt family in a drastically different way than anybody who's ever been a part of the ownership group of the Washington football team. Mm -hmm. That is a gigantic difference in terms of one team's name being more honorary versus another team's just, just, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but within that, as they are, kind of in the same category but not even close in that category is that more people are going to be willing to give Clark Hunt and the Chiefs organization the the more fair approach as to like the namesake and what it needs to represent and having a more listen to the word I'm going to say folks listen having a more bipartisan understanding of one another to make this situation um Equitable for everybody, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because the Chiefs want to keep their identity, and it makes sense for all parties involved, um, they've done something since 2014 that, I don't know, the other football team in Washington never did, dog, or Mm -hmm. did it in a way that was, again, um, really, really off-putting. When you look at it from a big picture standpoint, as like you zero in on like, but you're doing that because of, but that, but that, that's not the intention. Okay. That's a problem. Um, So, you know, what 2014 really signifies to me is obviously that was within the first 
essentially year of Andy Reid's tenure. That also includes Mark Donovan. So the people handling both the football operations and the business side have been more willing to listen to not necessarily compromise, but have been more willing to listen to like, yo, is this flat out like just a bad look? And like they're more willing to listen, which gives them a little bit of a chance to, you know, not necessarily just keep their name because of they're doing that, but because they're they they're just they're just better people, y'all. That's what I'm trying to get. <laughs> That's what I'm trying yeah. to get at. The Hunt family is better people when it comes to this. Most notably, the Hunt family is better at um, operating a football team. So, you know, yeah. apples to apples here. Uh, they're better at this. And I think the Hunt family is giving a lot of, I mean, honestly, they're giving a lot of trust, a lot of like, come on now, to fans. Like, all the responsibility doesn't really lie on them if the fans can also be respectful. And that's mm-hmm. what they're asking you to be. They're asking you to, like, hey, man, root your tail off, be loud in that building, like, make it a living hell for Deshaun Watson on September 10th, even though we only going to have 16,000 of y'all. But, like, c- can we just do that with, like, some jerseys and some pom-poms and, like, you know, a couple expletives? We, we understand. I mean, we understand. Right. But, like... Right. You ain't you ain't gotta do all that other stuff. Can you be respectful? Because we try to be respectful, and that's where this gets, I think, a little different compared to the situation to the east of us. Yeah, two two other little things for me that just kind of I, I think are I've, I've <clears throat> I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. Uh, two other <laughs> things that have, my water is empty. I haven't. <clears throat> Everyone listening? Okay, very good. <clears throat> Two other things that if everyone could just clear out of the lane, please. Uh, two other things that that I, I I've seen a lot today. One is people like who are have kind of gotten to a point. It's like, all right, fine. That the headdress thing and the painting your face like Chief Wahoo thing that should probably go away. I use Chief Wahoo because I'm looking at an old picture from one of the uh, protests for Cleveland's baseball team a while back. But um, you know, all right, fine. I'll give you that. But what next? When's the mob gonna be satisfied? It's a slippery slope. Two things on in, in within that. One, that's not really how this works. Like, it's not really like, ah, oh, cool. Well, we did a right thing. We're gonna have to keep like giving up whatever it is this thing that we like. Um, but also saying we might have to give up more to someone to a group that is asking us to maybe move off of our spot like a little bit. That is a really terrible reason to fight against any form of progress or just any form of listening. Like to literally go like, la, 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 I'm not going to listen to you because you might ask for uh, 80% and I'm willing to give you 10%, but I won't even give you 10% because I'm afraid you're going to ask for the next 80 after that. That sort of slippery slope thing is, uh, I mean, it's like, it's a literal fallacy, like a slippery slope fallacy is a literal thing. But in this case, it really frustrates me because it creates this future where like, the, the the now all of a sudden they they literally are just permanently the Kansas City football team because honestly to kind of Nate's point you couldn't figure out a way to make that work respectfully and that also comes up still is the like oh but it's honoring thing if you you know the uh, the Korean baseball organization the KBO got a little shine for a while because they got sports back first if there was a KBO team that was called like the Americans or it could just be the Patriots we are, we have a Patriots right yep. But if their team was called the Patriots and their uh, they, their their mascot was 
a a fat white guy wearing like a an American flag speedo, just dual wielding guns and shooting him them into the air with like ketchup all and all the all the fans came in every day and squirted ketchup and mustard on their faces to come and watch that game. You, they, they would go like, "Well, we're honoring your culture," and you'd be like, "No, you're very much would not." We, though. I, think we, I, I, I hate think, to break I in because I like the point I, you're making, but I got to be honest, I would 100% watch that. <laughs> so, first of all, fair. We have the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, basically <laughs> the same thing. But the other point of that, though, is that there? I try to create an equivalence, and there's not no, one. Yeah, there's, it's, because, it's hard to create one, yes. Right. Because... because uh, your 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 standard again whatever your white american male doesn't have an oppressor group that they're still playing in the country of which is what's happening whenever you look at native american imagery in sports that adds a total extra level of this of like oh they were here and then the uh, the colonists came over and caused a whole mess of trouble and uh, wiped them out and confined them to small areas of this land that they previously uh, had as their own. And now they're your mascot for a sports team. There's another level there that cannot be replicated for a ridiculous analogy. So that's just kind of the uncomfortable truth of it. Mm-hmm. And and just, the you know, the understanding that, like, um, we all used to do dumb stuff, right? And then we got mm-hmm. and then we got older and then we realized yeah. um, I shouldn't do that dumb stuff no more. Or you like, I'm just going to be this dumb for That's my right. ever-loving life. Um, well, there, And I know people in both of those groups. What the Chiefs yeah. are asking you to do is to be like, yeah, that was dumb. And you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to do dumb stuff no more. Mm. That's it. Just don't. I don't know how long it's going don't, to. I don't know how many options we've got for uh, future Times Ours t-shirts. But if we could just get if we could just get two just in like Helvetica font on a black shirt that just says handle your business mm-hmm. and one that just says don't do dumb stuff, I feel like we got a brand at that point. I feel like we're next level. A strong brand too. A brand that you can like get behind. Yeah. I feel like I'm gonna have to work on this. All right. Well, I've got a project for after the uh the show ends. I think we're done. We didn't talk about Clyde Edwards Alaire. Hey Nate, is he good still? He's so good. Guys, <laughs> Guys, when this man is not dehydrated, he's really good at football. Also, stop calling him a running back because in Andy Reid's training camp, he's so good at receiver, guys. Just call him Just call him a receiver who can take an occasional handoff or two because that's how good Clyde Edwards O'Leary is already. He's an OW. He's an offensive weapon like Dexter McCluster. Let's bring that back. Uh, all right, that's the show. If you are listening to this and you are not subscribed to The Athletic, I can't help you. Actually, I can. You can go to theathletic.com slash times ours or slash times sours for 40% off your first year. You can also follow all three of us on Twitter at by Nate Taylor at Real MN Chiefs Fan at JB Briscoe. You can tweet the show with the hashtag times ours. Uh, Nate, I, I mean, I feel like handle your business, don't do dumb stuff is kind of the sign off for today and maybe forever. Hold on. Did we just change the podcast forever? I don't know. That's up to you. And don't forget, number one in our hearts, for the next three <laughs> weeks at least, is one Sir Jody Fultzin. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs>